Welcome to the Critical Communications in Tribal Communities podcast series, part three on public safety, hosted on Government Technology Insider. I'm your host, Matt Langan. Responding to an issue quickly is a top priority for any first responder. For first responders that are part of tribal nations, though, communications devices are a critical component to success. With vast nations and lands to patrol, how can first responders serving tribal communities ensure that they are connected when responding to emergencies? And today we are speaking with Linda Zambrano, who is the Executive Director for the National Tribal Emergency Management Council, and George Barella, who's the Public Safety Manager at Verizon, more about this topic. And Linda and George, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Yeah, thank you so much. It's great. And let's start, you know, at the top at a high level. If you don't mind, tell us a bit about the public safety environment overall for tribal nations. And we'll start with George on this one. Well, yeah, that's a very good topic. You know, when you start thinking about the challenges that Indian country faces from a public safety perspective, one of the major topics would be the lack of sworn officers across an Indian nation, when you start thinking about the vast lands that they must support in the communities within them, you're talking about thousands or maybe even millions of square miles with just a hand few of sworn officers. And communication is really key when supporting one another. And that's one of the major challenges that I see across the United States. All right, great. Thanks, George. Linda would love your take on this one. Sure. I think that the shortage of perhaps foreign officers ties back directly to the funding issues that tribal nations face for being able to fund these types of programs. Public health and public safety is a trust responsibility of the federal government, and the federal government has a responsibility of providing funding sources for the tribes to be able to stand up these types of programs. And traditionally, the funding levels have been very short. For the tribal nations, just as an example, with our Indian Health Service programs and our public health programs, they're typically funded at 40% of need. If a tribe is really lucky, they're pushing 60% of need, which means that a tribal nation needs to be able to come up with the remaining 40% to fully fund an operational program for healthcare. Same holds true for law enforcement as well, and any other public health and public safety program. We find that the funding shortages for emergency management, unfortunately, even take the back seat to uh, tribes needing to fund those healthcare programs and their law enforcement programs. And so funding is definitely an issue that we've been working on very diligently for many years to try to increase those funding levels for tribal nations that they can afford to have these programs and fully exercise their tribal sovereignty in, in their nations. That's great. Great insights there. And that actually plays well into the next question. So you talked about the funding challenges that are there. And maybe let's dive a little bit deeper and tell us about other challenges that tribal communities face when it comes to public safety today and how can they be remedied? And we'll stick with Linda on this one, actually. Okay, sounds good. Well, I can tell you just from firsthand knowledge of working within a tribal police department for five years, that our number one challenge in the department was communications. Um, We were fortunate to have a fully funded police department and um, a large one at that. And yet we found that our coverage issues regarding our cell phones and our land radios was very poor. And we had many 
places on the reservation where we had no reception at all, which obviously puts our officers at great risk of harm and leads to very challenging situations when trying to request backup, request additional assistance, calling upon ambulances when they're needed. And so what is really unfortunate is that here we are in 2021 and we're still facing those same challenges that I experienced 20 years ago working for the police department. So again, it's my hope, it's my goal to continue to work in these realms and be able to help fix some of the coverage issues that we face in Indian country and be able to provide a safer environment for our law enforcement to work in. That's great. Thank you so much, Linda. George, would love your take about some of the other challenges that tribal communities face when it comes to public safety these days. Well, Linda brought up a very good point when it comes to you know funding. The prioritization of the funding itself also relates to the training of those officers as well. How well are those folks trained? It makes a huge difference in regarding, you know, working together as a group, as a team, definitely makes a difference. And then as it relates to, you know, coverage, that's a major concern, you know, for everyone. When you start thinking about most of your radio frequency, that RF technology is really, you know, line of sight more so than anything else. And the challenges when you have, you know, you know, topography issues, or just maybe the lack of infrastructure, et cetera. All of those, you know, really add to, you know, the overall challenge across the board. And, you know, even when you add the land mobile radio scenario into uh, the mix, it still isn't enough. I mean, there needs to be greater infrastructure in rural Indian country, but more importantly, the tools that might be able to offset at any given point in time. That's great. Thanks, Linda and George. And again, once again, another perfect segue here into my next question, which is really all about satellite-based technologies. So how can satellite-based technologies fill the gap that cell towers leave in a crisis? And uh, we'll actually stick with George on this one. Great question there. So satellite technology can definitely fill that gap. In fact, you you can utilize that connection as a, the backhaul for you know cellular technology and or uh, bridging the gap from LTE cellular into uh, land mobile radio infrastructure. One such challenge that we saw out in the Navajo Nation was the fact that you know vast lands, no infrastructure. So we did utilize a satellite backhaul to create a LTE cellular network infrastructure for cellular-based communications, as well as bridging that gap with, you know, a land mobile radio system back into the cellular network over a push-to-talk environment as well. So definitely helps in that regard. Excellent. Thanks, George. Linda, would love your take on satellite-based technologies and how they can fill gaps. Sure. I think that they can work really well to fill the gap. We recently had our own personal experience with our incident command center in which we had no connectivity on the land that we were working on. And we had uh, close to 170 people that were working on a 31-acre parcel of land and moving food, water, and PPE out to our tribal nations for distribution. And in that particular area, we had zero reception for cell phones or for our radios. And so we were unable to communicate or talk with each other across that 31 acres. And 
bringing in a satellite unit to help establish communications was a godsend for us to be able to not only communicate with each other, but also to communicate with the individual tribal nations. But I go back to what I was speaking about in the previous question, and that is that what I find more times than not, that the satellite-based technologies are expensive. And it is, again, a funding issue for our tribal nations um, to be able to fully fund that type of technology for use within the tribal nation. And so being able to find ways of partnering with our corporations and our business partners and increasing coverage on Indian land for public safety is still, like I said, a high priority for us. Yeah, great insights there. And let's shift over and talk about use cases. Are there any use cases you can share with us? And, you know, we'll stick with Linda on this one. Yeah, like I was just sharing, you know, we, in the past year, created a partnership with our sister organization, Farmer Frog. They're also a nonprofit that are in the business of distributing food and water to our tribes. And we partnered with them because we had the PPE piece and we saw a great opportunity uh, to piggyback on each other's infrastructure and uh, be able to deliver these goods to the tribes during COVID-19. And um, I'm very proud that in the past year that we were able to deliver more than 100 million pounds of supplies to our tribal nation. We just returned from Alaska and bringing a half a million pounds of supplies up there just this past week. But again, the entire time that I was in Alaska, coverage was an issue. Communications was an issue. Being able to participate in a podcast or a webinar or any type of training is an issue when you do not have connectivity. And so, so much of what we uh, take for granted in in those more populous areas where they have great uh, cell phone connectivity, they have great bandwidth, they have great internet, that, uh, you know, internet speeds, that they, they, they have the opportunity to be able to participate in all of those different realms, whereas in, in much of Indian country, uh, we miss out on the opportunity of being able to participate in all of those very critical and important forums. And so, again, we appreciate our relationship with Verizon, all the work that we have done over the course of the last year together and trying to address some of these issues. And we really look forward to the ongoing work with Verizon in hopes of being able to improve that condition in many of the areas where our public safety people are working. That's great insights there, Linda. Thank you so much for sharing that use case. And George, any other use cases from your perspective to share with us today? Absolutely. When you start thinking about satellite technology, the best part about it is the mobility and the capabilities of, you know, standing up a network in the middle of nowhere. You know, one instance comes to mind. We did some testing under a blue sky event where we actually stood up a satellite-based trailer to create communications for a search and rescue event where the trailer actually was the conduit for all connectivity uh, at the bottom of the canyon at the Colorado River. And we stood up an actual, you know, VoIP telephone network with hunt groups, operator assist, et cetera, across the board. We also stood up an LTE network, so cellular-based network at the base camp, as well as bridge to land mobile radio and cellular connectivity, all being in a very remote location, all stood up and powered by that satellite backhaul. 
Excellent. Thank you so much, George. And we're actually at our last question here. So I uh, appreciate both of you all spending time with us today. A lot of great stuff we've covered today. And our last question is, how do you see public safety changing with new technology implementation? And actually, we'll stick with George on this one. I think that technology overall, you know, when you start thinking about Indian country, it may be a bit slower to adopt. It's not because there's no desire. It's, you know, it goes right back to that funding. You know, especially in this COVID environment, it has really brought, you know, several things to the forefront of, you know, people's mind. You know, what happens when there is no, you know, way to communicate with one another? What happens when, you know, we're in a lockdown environment and you really don't see anyone? There is a dire need for some level of communication, whether it be cellular, satellite, or other, maybe, you know, even a mesh network. Excellent. Thanks, George. Linda, any thoughts here about how public safety can change with new technologies? Well, I concur with everything that George just said. It will be a little bit slower, not because of a lack of desire to improve communications, but we still have a ways to go in regards to providing training, providing access to training. When we're looking at areas that have no coverage at all, then it becomes very difficult to develop the internal infrastructure and expertise that's needed to even manage these telecommunication systems and work in the cell and the satellite arena. And so it seems for us to always get back to the coverage issue. And I know traveling a lot of our coastal tribes on the West Coast, we have great difficulty Because, again, there's zero reception, not only on the reservations, but in between, traveling in between the reservations, little to no coverage at all. And being able to work, again, with Verizon and identifying where those areas are, being able to increase the areas of coverage, finding new technologies that will help address the situation, again, I think can only lead to really good things. And not just in the public safety realm, but also in our public health realm. We are, as far as our clinics, we depend very heavily on being able to communicate with our local hospitals and our specialists. And when you are operating in an environment, let's use a coastal tribe as an example, where we're six hours away from the nearest specialists in the Seattle area, it would really help to be able to have newer technologies that can help us to establish that connectivity where we don't have to travel 12 hours round trip just to have a physician take a look at a skin rash, as an example. And so we also look at how this could help our tribal nations with education and creating the opportunities for us to network with our colleges and universities. So much of our teaching and learning is online now, and yet we still have tribal members that cannot access that training because of connectivity issues in in Indian country. And so I just see that these conversations can lead to really good things as long as we continue to have them and continue to look for ways of improving the situation in Indian country. All right, great. Well, this concludes the Critical Communications in Tribal Communities podcast series, part three on public safety hosted on Government Technology Insider, where Linda Zambrano, who is the executive director for the National Tribal Emergency Management Council, and George Barella, who's the public safety manager at Verizon, discuss public safety solutions for first responders and tribal nations and much, much more. And Linda and George, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. 